Welcome to the Alito Bearcats Coaches Show Podcast from Real Country 92.1 Hank FM. Brought to you by H5 Sports Barn in Alito. Recorded live every Monday night at 7 from the new Jake's Burgers in Alito. And now with Alito Bearcats head coach Robbie Jones, the voice of the Bearcats, Kevin Longquist. They need to throw downfield. He's got Burdine and he's got it. Touchdown. 47 yards between Haas Haney and Blake Burdine, and the Bearcats extend it to 20 to nothing. You to the another edition of the Alito Coaches Show podcast here on 92.1 Hank FM. I'm Kevin Lonquist, joined by head coach Robbie Jones, and just want to let everyone know that uh, this segment becomes more and more popular by the week here. Uh, we mentioned last week that we've had more than 15 downloads for the first several episodes that were recorded throughout all of September. From last week's segment uh, leading up to the South Hills games, more than 100 uh, have downloaded it via either the podcast channel or the YouTube channel on 92.1 AKFM. So again, spread the word on the podcast, and there are plans to expand this podcast just beyond the football season. We have talks about maybe taking this through the basketball season, the baseball season. Of course, lots of things will happen in the spring first week of February, we'll talk about the late signing period as well as realignment because Alito's looking to potentially move up to Class 6A. We'll talk about that. But now joined by head coach. Oh, before I go any further, we should tell you that on our second segment, we're going to be joined by uh, linebacker Kai Howington and right tackle Josh McCarley, who apparently go way back, but we'll get into that later. And so anyway, uh, Coach, uh, you're coming off a 71 to nothing victory over South Hills in a game that everyone expected it to go that way. And I use the word humane because of what they're up against there at South Hills, but the way you all played it. And I want to ask you about just the way you navigated your team through that game because you want to get things done, but you also want to treat treat it the right way. What, what was the, your reflection upon that game? Yeah, we want to go out. We want to play well. Uh, while we had our starters out there, we wanted to make sure we were executing uh, at a high level, which we were. Whoa. <laughs> That's the first. Uh, but, yeah, so – and then when we get our, our second team in there, same deal, you know, want to be able to navigate through the game, you know, with no mistakes. Uh, we we kind of did that. And, and then, you know, we, we had JV players up. We got the JV players in. But then, you know, at the same time, you know, you don't want to embarrass an opponent. Uh, so, you know, there was talk at halftime about, you know, when do you want to run the clock? I said, hey, let me get a few more series. with, Let me get all my guys in. Uh, and then we'll start talking about running the clock. And, you know, and then we got another touchdown. I told the officials, I said, hey, run the clock. But, you know, when there's dead balls like uh, a change of possession, stuff like that, you stop it. Uh, but then, you know, at the start of the fourth quarter, I said, hey, let's, let's get out of here in 12 minutes. Yeah. And, and the clock never stopped in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and you all pretty much did that. I think the one thing that was interesting about the first half of that game was the fact that you all didn't even run it very much. I think two, maybe a couple of attempts there by Caden Wingfield, but everything else was just working on your passing game with Haas and, and of course, a lot of second-time receivers out there. But, you know, he hooked up with Blake Burdine. Your vertical game was working so well. A couple of deep shots to Blake Burdine, as I mentioned. Obviously, there was the deep shot there or a couple of pass plays to uh, uh, Tyson Timms. But what did you just want to work on as far as that part of the passing game was concerned in a game like that? Yeah, we knew that, you know, as the game went on, we weren't going to be able to throw the football. 
because of the fact that the game was probably going to get out of hand, and, and you don't want to do that, you know, to someone is you know throw the ball in the end zone late. So we wanted to do that early, uh, and Hoss was taking his shots when he got them, you know, and, and he was he was making the right reads. Uh, the reads were to take the, the long ball, and, and he was taking it and he was hitting them. His growth as a quarterback this year. I mean, obviously the numbers speak for themselves, but do you think he's at a point now where it seems like everything has started to slow down for him even more at this level? Yeah, you know he. You know, the game is, has come to him. You know, he, he knows what he's doing with the ball when the ball snap. Uh, and, you know, and then, you know, if, if something changes and something goes wrong, man, he still can make a play. So, you know, he's playing at a very high level right now, and he needs to continue that because we're going to go on a, a two-game stretch right here where we need him to play big. And I was going to say, you know, this was one of those games against South Hills where you mentioned earlier this season where you guys weren't going to run Haas when you needed or, or when you needed to, or I should say when you wanted to. It was just a, a case where it wasn't necessary in this game, and that's where you kind of just make sure that you get him in the right spot so that he has success, but then you keep him away from the possibility of some, some bizarre injury or anything like right, that. Right, yeah. We, we don't want him to take unnecessary hits uh, in any of these games. Uh, you know, he may have to run the ball a little bit more than normal uh, this week. Uh, because Centennial runs a defense that's real similar to what uh, Denton Geyer runs. And, you know, so we'll have some of the same type of plays on with Hoss in the run game. Now, about as efficient as you can get with this team, uh, including the punt return, but this offense scored nine out of the first nine times it touched the football from start to finish. The only time that it did not was when you all were taking victory formations at the end. I don't know if you could have asked for better execution even from your younger kids. No, and that's one of our goals going in the game is, hey, we don't want to call for the punt team. And, you know, even when we bring in, you know, second team or even our JV kids, you know, we still do not want to punt the football. You know, we want to continue to, you know, execute, get first downs, which turn into points, and that's what we were able to do. We should point out, too, that, and we mentioned this last week, mentioned it on the broadcast on Thursday night that when the Bears – Bearcats won this game over South Hills that they clinched a playoff berth officially for the 28th consecutive year. And again, that's not the goal for this program is to clinch a playoff berth. But now that this is official, is it something, though, that you guys can always look back and say, this is you know a streak that we can always be proud of because not a lot of programs get to do this? Yeah, all those streaks are, are nice. You know, the, the district win streak, you know, and then also the playoff streak. And then there's another streak once we get to the playoffs of – winning the first round and i believe ever since we've been in the playoffs it's 28 you said yeah uh we've won the first round you know in all the previous 27 so we want to make sure we keep the 28 you know streak of uh first playoff game wins going so let's talk a little bit about the fact that you pulled up a lot of jv players as you mentioned we saw some good looking young kids playing for you uh one that comes to mind is lamel swanson he's been up and down between your jv had a punt return for a touchdown uh in that game what did these younger players show you, the kids, just in terms of just the opportunity to compete in a varsity game? You know, the opportunity to come up and, and play, and even though it was a Thursday night, you know, under the varsity lights, uh, it, it showed that, the, you know, they're, some of them are going to be ready next year uh, when it's their time. Let's talk a little bit about Blake Bird. I mentioned him a couple moments ago where you know, he caught his first touchdown and pass a couple weeks ago uh, in the back right corner of the end zone over at your place at, at uh, Tim Buchanan Stadium, but then the two deep shots with him and Haas. What have you seen from Blake just as his growth? Because, you know, it, it, there's no certainty that you might have Colton McCoy at 100% for the rest of the year. So Blake's emergence, what could that mean to this offense? Yeah, that helps us give a, another vertical threat. You know, Blake has great <laughs> speed. Uh, he runs on the, the track team. He is on the relays that went to Austin. So, you know, you know he has really good speed. 
you know, but the route running has come along. He, he's a lot better route runner than he was at the beginning of the football season. And, and he's just an, an option that we can go to at any time. Is that a case where he just is studying film or just understanding what the route concepts are? Just basically getting more and more reps. You know, he, he's been able to get out there with the second team most of the year, you know, worked with the first team last week, but he gets a lot of reps, gets a lot of, of action during practice, and those things have paid off for him. And now you're going to be getting a lot of these guys that did not play against South Hills back. Caden Finley's back. Colton McCoy, we'll probably see how much he can play for you uh, on sa- really starting on sa- uh, Friday, rather, and then moving course the rest of the year. And then Hawk Daniels is back. Ray Guillory is back. What did that week off mean for those guys? It gave those guys a little bit of time to rest and recover. You know, some of them probably could have played last week if we needed them, but we felt like that they needed the time. You know, their injuries require time off, you know, where they're not out running every day. So we gave them that time off. They were able to recuperate. They all look good today, so, it, you know, it helped out a whole lot. Yeah, and on the defensive side, you kind of get your defensive end situation uh, fixed up a little bit with uh, Carson Dempsey coming back. I don't think Carson's played since after the denton Geyer game, and right. so uh, the fact that he got cleared and is able to go, what does that mean for this front? You know, that that's, that's big. You know, he was one of our main returners up front, you know, from last year. Uh, he was our number one sack guy before, you know, he had uh, his surgery and you know getting him back you know it's going to be big for the front you know we're going to get a lot better with him up there it's just going to take a little bit of time for him because you know he's been laid up for four weeks not not able to do anything but really ride a bike so you know it's going to take a while for him to be able to go full speed you know uh, as much as we need him to. And is that going to be a case on Friday night against Centennial where you like have an X number of plays that he's going to play in the game because you've got to work him into game shape because yeah. he's missed so much time? Yeah, he's going to be limited on uh, on consecutive reps. You know, he he may get three or four plays in a row, and then he's got to come out. You know, and he's going to stay out for a little while, and then you know once he gets his breath back, you know, then we may be able to use him again. And then you got some difficult news on Cooper Cyphers, who had filled in for him on that other side, and so it's unclear about how long you're going to he's going to be out. But he obviously had the hand injury that was the week leading up to the colony, and so just kind of explain his situation. Yeah, you know, Cooper. You know, we got some bad news. You know, from the doctor today, uh, he's going to be out for a, a little bit longer than what we were were hoping. You know, but, you know, there is a, a positive down the road that, you know, when we get into the playoffs that he could possibly come back and help us. All right, let's turn our attention now to the Centennial Spartans. And you had a chance to go watch them on Friday night at the Collins Complex against Denton Ryan, a game that Ryan won 35-14. to 14. This game was tied at 14 until the, uh, uh, the Raiders were able to pull away. Uh, but you saw that in person. And what did you see from Centennial? And, of course, they <clears throat> excuse me, they always run the, the option, which is a challenge. But what did you see from that team in that game? I mean, it looks just like all the Burleson Centennial teams we've played in the past. You know, uh, they're really good at executing, you know, the triple option out of that flex bone, uh, which gives us some, some problems at times. You know, we've been working on it quite a bit. We worked on it during the spring. You know, so, so it's something that we've been working on. Uh, and then, you know, defensively, they run that 3-3-5, three, three, uh, just like – didn't Geyer did so you know it's a different defense that you don't see all the time so you know you got to spend a lot of time on, on working on how to get to you know to the next level to that guy you know they got a guy in the middle of the field that it's hard to account for him on most you know blocking schemes that you have so we got to come up with ways to to where we can get to him is that a case where maybe a running back or a Tyson Timms kind of has to kind of take him out of it so that can free up guys if they're going if you're going to run anything crossing 
Right. Yeah. You know, we got to make sure that we got somebody going across his face to take him out of, you know, the, the view of, you know, the main route that we're trying to run. And, you know, and also in the run game, you know, you got to kind of scheme things up to where you got somebody that's going to him. All right. So back to their offense, of course, as you mentioned, the flex bone. And it's obviously a case of discipline where who has the quarterback, who has the dive, who has the pitch. And again, you guys have seen this for as many times as you've played Centennial. Kyle Geller does a great job of putting that offense together week after week. And I, it always seems to me like in these games that Alito has played against Centennial in the past, that maybe it takes a couple of possessions to kind of get used to it. And then it seems like you guys seem to figure it out. I mean, no guarantees, but that always been the pattern here. Right. And, and, and what, what that boils down to is it's hard for your scout team kids, our JV kids, to replicate the speed that Centennial runs it. So it takes us a little while to get caught up. And then they also may have a few little wrinkles that our coaches have to get the kids onto the sideline and talk to them about. Our coaches are really good at in-game adjustments, and, and sometimes that's what you see is, you know, they may get us a couple of series with something, then our coaches make an adjustment and we're able to stop them. Is that mainly that adjustment? Of course, you don't want you to uh, give away any secrets here, but in, in making stops against that, obviously turnovers are going to be a part because that sometimes can be the – the issue that confounds an option team like that. But what typically is an adjustment that can be made that seems to neutralize it or at least limit its success? It's, it's just basically, you know, they're, they're showing us something different. So they got to get over and they got to talk to, you know, a lot of times it's the linebackers. Uh, the linebackers got to make an adjustment to, you know, a blocking scheme that they're seeing. And, and Coach McCone will get them over there and he'll talk to them and say, hey, look, when the running back – you know, or your slot, when he goes inside, you need to do this. Or when he goes outside, you need to do this. And and he just makes those adjustments with them, and, and then we're able to stop him. Uh, Iverson Moore is their, is their quarterback here. And he's, you know, he didn't have a great throw in that. But, and of course, he's replacing a guy who was a really great decision maker. It's probably the best quarterback that uh, Kyle Geller has coached. But what did you see from him just the way he was running that offense? Yeah, I mean, he, he operated – we, we saw him some last year on video because he was their backup last year. He also starts in the secondary form. Uh, he started for them last year at corner. Uh, the other night against uh, Denton Ryan, uh, he was out there at safety. So he was playing both ways. So, you know, he's a heck of an athlete, you know, and, and we got to make sure that we have somebody assigned to him and not let him uh, get loose. And Keyshawn Tucker is their uh, number one running back, or at least he was against Ryan, 118 yards and a touchdown for him. What impresses you about him? You know, he's a hard runner. You know, he, he, he's, you know, first contact, we got to get somebody else on, uh, on him because, you know, he doesn't, you know, go down easy. Uh, he runs through that first contact a lot of times, and we got to get multiple people on him. And, of course, the one thing about this offense is that if you get – the lead on them it makes it a little bit more difficult for them to try and bring it back and so I don't know if that's something that obviously coaches would prefer that because if they can then they have the advantage in here of course with them if it's in a tie game or if it's a one score game they can be as methodical as they want so patience has got to be a, a key here yeah you know that's big you know being able to get a couple of early stops you know and then the offense and you know putting points on the board that kind of gets them you know out of their game plan you know one of the you know some of the hardest games we've had in the last few years, you know, during our district win streak against them and Midlothian, you know, they're able to control the clock, you know, and when they control the clock, they keep our offense off the field. And that's what I've been preaching to our offense all week is, hey, listen, you know, if, if they're able to go move the ball on our defense, every possession is big. You know, we can't take a possession off. We can't have a mess up on a possession and not score because if they're scoring, 
you know, they're going to take possessions away from us and we might not be able to catch up. Yeah, I mean, and in the past, the uh, time of possession has really heavily favored them. Of course, actually, it happened quite a bit last week against South Hills where you guys were like three to one time of possession against. But having said that, you know, your kids, though, have understood that. And do you think it's a case of the fact that so many guys have played against this over the years that they've They've seen it, so they kind of understand it. Yeah, you know, it, it's good the fact that we saw it twice last year. You know, our kids, you know, uh, they used to be in the, the district with us when these kids were in junior high, so they played against it in junior high. They played against it twice last year, so they've seen it, you know, over and over. Uh, but So there's a little bit of familiarity about it, but at the same time, it's not something you see on a week-in, week-out basis, so it is a little bit different. You know, the one thing I was going to ask you, too, that's totally unrelated to this is just your knack of winning coin tosses. You know, the tradition under Tim McKenna is that Alito's been horrible at winning the coin toss. And you guys are actually, you've won your last three. And so I don't know if that's luck of the draw or maybe the maybe it finally that trend is turning. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't even realize that we've won the last three. I know that we've won the last two because uh, Haas, you know, came to me and said, hey, coach, if we win the toss, can we take the ball? Because he goes, I want to go set the tone early. I said, you bet, man. If you want a ball, I'm going to give you the ball. And, and so uh, we have the last few to- uh, games we've taken the ball. Uh, there, there have been times where I've deferred because I wanted to get the defense out there first. Uh, but, you know, it's just, you know, week to week on that. Yeah, I was going to say, in a case like this, though, I would think against Centennial, if you were to win the toss, maybe you would be more amped to, to want to take the ball yeah. first because you want to put it on, on Centennial to try, you know, if, you, if you're fortunate enough to score – then you want to put it on them to make them try and catch you. Right, yeah, you know, and that's the thing is, you know, uh, you got to look at it a couple of different ways. You know, you get the ball first, you get to go out there, uh, possibly put points on the board first, you know, make them play catch up. Uh, but then again, you know, uh, one of the reasons why I like deferring the second half is because, you know, if we get in a situation where we score right before half, then we come out of the half, we're getting the ball. You know, and, and that's big sometimes. Yep, it can be kind of. It's kind of like yeah, it's like two possessions within right. 20 minutes of each other with just a, a break on that. Uh, the Bearcats and the Centennial Spartans this coming Friday night pregame show on 92.1 Hank FM is at 6:30. The kickoff is at 7 o'clock. Make your plans to join us, and of course, turn us on if you're going to be at Tim Buchanan Stadium watching that game, as we'll be delivering you all of the highlights of uh, the Bearcats and the Centennial Spartans. Coach, always appreciate the time. Good luck. All right, thank you. All right. Robbie Jones, the head coach of the Alito Bearcats. On the other side of this break, we're going to be joined by linebacker Kai Howington and right tackle Josh McCarley. Stick around. We'll be right back. First and 10 at the South Hills 36-yard line. Haney will roll the pocket to the right. Fires down the middle of the field. Has got Burdine wide open. Touchdown. 36 yards between Haas Haney and Blake Burdine. Second time they've connected tonight. And the Bearcats need only one play and they extend their lead to 34 to nothing. Twice those uh, TCU legacies connected with each other last Thursday night. Haas Haney and Blake Verdine in the Bearcats 71 to nothing win. Welcome back to the Alito Coaches Show podcast. I'm Kevin Lonquist. Before we get, get it into the uh, second segment, just a reminder that H5 Sports Barn and Nye Physio and Performance can help unlock your athletic potential and elevate your game like the Alito Bearcats with expert sports physical therapy, tailored recovery plans, and top-notch sports performance training. H5 Sports Barn, proud supporters of the Alito Bearcats. Time now to take a look at the eight, the uh, Alito Alumni Report, and we'll start with Cody Bradford, the Rangers uh, left-hander, who got a win in relief in Game 2 of the American League Division Series Sunday in Baltimore at Camden Yards. 
very good outing for Cody Bradford. Three and two-thirds innings of shutout baseball. Had four strikeouts in the ballgame as the, as the uh, Rangers are up two games to none in that series as it heads back to Arlington for game three on Tuesday evening in Arlington. See if the Rangers can close out that series and move on to the American League Championship Series. A couple of other alumni notes to let you know about will be Money Parks, the wide receiver at Utah. He is the last, the leading pass catcher for the Utes. And then Ryan Williams, you might remember him. He was a linebacker slash running back for the Bearcats a couple years ago. He's at Stephen F. Austin. He's getting some time on the defense for them. Has a few tackles this year. Okay, now we're joined by Josh McCarley, who's sitting to my left, the right tackle for the Bearcats, and linebacker Kai Howington. Folks, give him a big hand. All right, so guys, knowing, let's just talk about last week's game against South Hills. You were preparing for a team that you knew was outmanned. You guys were going to, it was just a matter of how are we going to go through this game and take care of business about this. And so, you know, the way you all managed it from start to finish, let's, I'll start with you, Kai, about what you all learned about yourselves in a game like this when you are so, when you're projected to win by such a big amount. And then, of course, you did. But you guys, again, having to do it, and, and again, as I talked with Coach Jones early, kind of a humane way of doing it. Right. Um, we used it. Uh, um, we used it as a way to just get better. Honestly, just work on a craft a little bit and um, just go in there, you know, and just get better. Is it a case though for you where you have to say what physical things do I want to work on? You know, what do I need to take on? And again, there's an opponent out there, so you got to stop him. But what are the, some of the things that you kind of try to focus on individually so that you can be a better player? Obviously, for this week against Centennial, two weeks from now against Ryan, that sort of thing. Alignment, you know, getting aligned, getting lined up. We've struggled with that a little bit, um, being low on our tackles and wrapping up and just running our feet and then for you josh let's talk about a game like this because obviously all the entire offensive line was back yeah but what did you guys get out of a game like this because you guys didn't even run it that much in the first half well i mean jones said it. he was like we're just gonna pass the ball and i was like all right well you know and i get up to the ball and i see andre the giant i swear he was like six six you know <laughs> so i'm like looking up at him like oh crap he came at me and i was like well this is nothing so i guess it just works on like being you know there and present and then worrying about the next opponent. So, is it a case too where this again? He talked. Uh, Kai talked about alignment here, but for you guys, for the offensive line, this is a game where it could have been very easy to fall into some bad habits, just kind of get sloppy, not pay attention to that sort of thing. So, what was important for you to make sure that didn't happen? Just working on my technique and where I need to put my hands and where I need to line up and protect my quarterback. You know, so. You didn't have a problem with that. And then for you, Kai, I mean, is that just the same thing about where you could, it could be very easily to, to make mental mistakes or just kind of get sloppy and not pay attention. Was that a challenge in that game or was it not a challenge because of how you guys prepared for that, for that game? It was a challenge. At times it got a little slow or, you know, it just, it was a challenge, but we just stayed in, stayed locked in mentally and just played as long and as good as we could and then kai for you 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 were dealing with some a little bit of an injury issue uh earlier this year just talk about what you were going through there and then coming back and then just kind of where you're at right now physically right now i'm feeling great i've got that brace so i it really doesn't bother me anymore um other than that i mean nothing bothers me anymore so when you're not out there because of an injury how frustrating is that it sucks <laughs> it really sucks <laughs> So, you know, maybe it's nice to have a Monday off, you know, 
and then once you get to Friday and you're watching everybody out there, it's it's not very fun. But it's good to see the, you know, Wilburn getting reps out there and seeing seeing him start a game. Yeah, and of course you got and you're going to need him too because just depth will mean so much for this team if it hopes to make another deep playoff run. Right. Uh, Josh, for you again, you're one of the four uh, start, returning starters from this offensive line. I, I've talked with DJ about this. I've, I've talked with everybody about this. The other offensive lineman, Alex Aron, I've talked about this as well. But I want to ask you a little bit about just building that chemistry. Even though you guys were together last year, what was important from your perspective about this spring and then into fall camp about just making sure that you guys could essentially pick up where you could where you left off, but obviously take that to another level? Well, you see, like. All of us being back, you know, I got my right guard back, so both of us know what to do. And so basically, you know, yeah, we have Peyton, but Peyton has his brother, so we all rely on each other. So good communication, you know. And as soon as Peyton started learning, you know, after Geyer, Northwest, you know, Northwest was a hard game to, like, come back from, you know. So we just started building it up. Now to this point, we're just like, all right, 60 down, let's get up there. Boom, 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 run place, uh, repetition. So we talk about with offensive lines that they have to work like a fist. So tell the listeners what that essentially that analogy really means. Well, you know, just get up there, call your calls, and just blow them up. You know, four yards carry, or for a Ray, you know, go eighty yards and above. So <laughs> now you blocked for some really good off- uh, running backs in your time there, but I just want yep. to talk about what Ray's presence in this backfield means and what the and obviously the challenge is making sure that you don't miss an assignment even though he can find a crease but what's the challenge of blocking for somebody like that he's just fast and quick you know and I mean we'll run uh like Parrish we ran 78 flares so we I you know I hooked my guy and I tried and this guy's a four star he's a pretty good guy fell on the ground and this is his first carry in the and like of all of us in Alito I see him take off I'm like oh wow you know we gotta get special guys so he can find a little crease, and that's all he needs, you know. We don't need a huge gap for, you know, to see in. He just needs a little bit. He's gone. Kai, I want to ask you a little bit about the way this defense has progressed over the last few weeks. I mean, you guys have pitched a couple of shutouts. I mean, the two touchdowns against the Colony were what they were. But I want to ask you just about where you've seen how this defense has grown pretty much since the denton Geyer game to where you all are now. We've grown a lot. Um, this is probably the most athletic defense I've ever played with. And um, – a lot of them are young, especially the D-line. And uh, I've, I've just seen, you know, at practice, they're just trying to get better each and every day. And we have been getting a lot better. So I see, you know, a lot more gaps sound. Secondary's doing a lot better. And the athleticism's coming into play with also, you know, a gap sound defense. And it's it's looking good. All right. And the, and the youth, you mentioned the youth. And, and then Chase, who's a sophomore, Chase Wilburn, who was subbing for you while you were out. When you have that kind of play, of course, you know, he had the big pick uh, a few weeks ago. But when you have that kind of athleticism, what does that stay say for what this defense is capable of doing for the rest of the season? I think, you know, our defense can put up a lot of points, get a lot of takeaways, and just keep making plays more than any other defense, really. Okay, so I want to ask you guys a little bit something different about managing your bodies through the course of a football season because it's long. And really, it starts in August when you guys, even if you guys are not going to wear pads on that first week of fall workouts in August, but then, but you look at it, it's basically first week of August all the way through at least Thanksgiving. Obviously, Alito fans are accustomed to it going longer than that, but just managing your bodies going through the, the wear and tear of a season. I guess the key for you, 
Josh. Let's talk about just handling that. Injuries notwithstanding, but just the grind. What's been the key for you to kind of just make sure that you're as fresh as, you're, as you possibly can be week in and week out? Well, you know, just keep lifting, you know, stretching. I don't do much stretching, but I need to, you know. My mom forces on me, but uh, I just kind of don't. But it's, uh, you know, managing your body. Make sure you're healthy. Make sure you're eating right. Make sure, you know, drinking your water, you know, just managing yourself. Make sure you're all right. All right, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna ask you about that too, Kai, in a second. But I want to ask you about this big bottle of gallon of water here. That you is this something you carry with you all throughout the day, or is this, or, or what is the story with this? Well, uh, my my freshman year, uh, COVID year, uh, I was too scared to like left my mask or something like that, and uh, I didn't drink any water, and it was like a hot like 100 degrees Texas day, and I uh, fainted. So like, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna make sure I drink my water. So for now on. Just been doing it, you know. Sometimes I'll drink three of these. So you carry this to class? Yeah, every day. All right. So I just wanted to make sure about that. Okay, yeah. then kind of just getting back to managing your body throughout the course of the season. Your injury notwithstanding, but just what's been the key for you to just kind of get through a season as rigorous and as physical as that can be? I believe that our lifts every day after school are a big part of it. Getting in the the deeper parts of the season, we're as strong, you know, as we were and. Been doing a lot of PT. Thankfully, we got the H5 Sports Bond, so <laughs> get to do a little bit of PT there, getting the ice bath, and just you know lifting, staying strong, and staying on top of things. Okay, so as far as lifting is concerned, are you lifting to just maintain where you're at, or are you trying to add more weight during the course of that, or what is kind of the purpose of when you are lifting during the course of the season? Really, just maintain. You know, unfortunately, I, we will lose a lot of weight. You know lose some muscle over the year but really just maintain our strength from the off season and stay strong the whole year all right so let's turn our attention to the centennial spartans again you saw this option twice last year in uh, in the flex option as it is and again as as we were talking with coach jones earlier it's all about assignment football who's got the quarterback who's got the fullback dive who's got the pitch and it's really going to be about the linebackers and how they're going to be able to fill gaps on that and so what's going to be the key for this linebacking group to make its case i mean you're not going to stop it all the time they're going to get it they're going to hit you a couple times but what's going to be the key so that you guys can limit their explosiveness that sort of thing it'd be patience we've got to be patient on the toss you know when they do that it looks like oh, i got a free shot on the guy but you got to be patient you got to sit you got to hold on the line and just make sure the younger guys and you guys haven't seen it as much or in the right spot. Is there anything that you can share with the younger guys, like a Chase Wilburn? I know we've mentioned him a few times, but he didn't see this, and he's probably going to see this on Friday, but things that you share about keys, I mean, not, and they've got a different quarterback, too, this year than last year. But just the, the principles of that, what do you share with younger players about how to get ready for something like this? Patience, really, and McCone is always right. <laughs> Listen to McCone. Amen. <laughs> Okay, and then for you, uh, Josh, again, they've talked about this defense that Centennial throws at you, similar to what Denton Geyer throws at yeah. you with the three-three-five look. They've got, and again, from a blocking assignment kind of perspective, what's going to be essential for this front? Well, I mean, we're just going through it, three-two. You know, that's what we call it up there. So, make sure communication and get on your block, and make sure you're not going to be inside. So, that's mainly it. You were in a probably the game of the year i did want to ask you guys about the the game of the year uh, about denton geyer uh as far as that was and again that was a long time ago but to be a part of that game um what was that like just being just just being first of all in it and then being on the sidelines as it was going on 
it was it was awesome. It was it was something I've dreamed of for a long time, and uh, it was awesome just to have that happen and to be there and be a part of it. It was it was amazing. Eight lead changes in that game, by the way. Eight. Uh, then for you, Josh. Well, just being a part with my team, you know, my family, you know, every you know year for four years, you know, this is what I got. So blessed for them and then going in and just hitting them and hitting them and you know going at it until the very end and then of course kick you know so we win so it was awesome i wanted to ask you too kai because you're gonna you guys are gonna a little bit more healthy and i'll get to you josh and all the skill guys coming back but obviously with carson dempsey coming back after his surgery from a few weeks ago what does that mean for this defensive unit as a whole in terms of guys just playing where they need to be playing and being set alignment that sort of thing more sacks more sacks with them with Dempsey being back. Um, more, you know, he he knows the defense better than some, and it's good to have J Mac out there, and he's learning too. So it's it's good to have someone who really really knows it, and who has he's seen this, you know, he saw the Centennial offense twice last year too. So it's good to have him back. When he played as much as he did as a freshman, uh, I'm talking about Carson Dempsey here. Uh, what, imp- what surprised you or what impressed you, the fact that he could pick this up at such a young age? I never knew someone that big could move that fast. <laughs> he, can, he can move, and so it's always fun playing, playing behind him. And He picked it up real quick, playing the Geyer game. He, I think he'd only played DN for a week. So, you know, a couple of times, McCone, maybe, me yell- maybe I yelled at him a couple of times. He picked it up real quick. Yeah, and that's uh, for those who don't know, that's the McCone reference. That's a leader defensive coordinator, Brad McCone. Okay, and then Josh, obviously, all the uh, big guys are coming back this week. Caden Finley's coming back. Hawk Daniels is coming back. Ray Guillory's coming back. And we already know this offense can score, and it's explosive just about on any potential play. What's it been like to be a part of that to make sure that, you know, because it all starts with the, what you five do to give Haas protection, but what's it going to mean to have those guys back? Starting with in this huge two game stretch starting with Friday against Centennial, and then next Friday against Denton Ryan. Means I got to run more, you know. <laughs> so, that's all I got to say, man. It's, it gets tiring down there, and so once we start throwing the ball, running the ball, and you start running 60 yards, like, oh, man, here we go. But, man, it's so fun just scoring touchdowns and then being right back at it. So I feel like we're going to put up a lot of points. About uh-huh. it. All right, and then as far as the season is concerned, obviously the goal is to first win the district championship we already know that you all have clinched a playoff spot, and then everybody wants to try and get back to playing the what would be the Friday before uh, Christmas because the state championship game in Division One would be on that Friday, not Saturday of the season. But for you guys to try, if you're fortunate enough to make that deep run, Kai, where do you think it's going to be important for this team this year to do that? I think it will be important to just um, to stay strong, to not get lost and what we're doing and you know just keep our eyes on the prize and just you know keep working towards what we've what we've always wanted and then for you josh i mean let's go for it all you know exactly just staying strong positive being there working on ourselves every day you know and then let's go win that gold all right guys to my immediate left is right tackle josh mccarley way to my left is linebacker kai howington folks let these young men know that you appreciate them being here tonight. <laughs> Want to remind you that H5 Sports Barn and Knife Physio and Performance can help unlock your athletic potential and elevate your game like the Alito Bearcats. 
with expert sports physical therapy, tailored recovery plans, and top-notch sports performance training. H5 Sports Barn, proud supporters of the Alito Bearcats. Josh, thank you. Kai, thank you. Good luck to you guys this Friday against Centennial. Thank you. All right, don't forget the Bearcats will continue their season in District 3-5A play when they take on the Centennial Spartans. That'll be a 6.30 start on 92.1 Hank FM with the pregame show. The kickoff is at 7 o'clock. We hope that you'll join us, and we'll be back here next week with another edition of the Alito Coaches Show podcast with other selected players. And then in the coming weeks, we'll have volleyball coaches and cross-country coaches joining us because of the fact those seasons are winding down. They're getting into the postseason. Volleyball, by the way, if you didn't know, all alone in first place in District 5-5A with huge wins last week against Justin Northwest and Granbury. We will talk to you all next week. And again, don't forget the Bearcats, 6.30 Friday night at Tim Buchanan Stadium. I'm Kevin Lonquist. Have a great rest of your week. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Alito Bearcats Coaches Show podcast, brought to you by H5 Sports Barn in Alito with Bearcats head coach Robbie Jones and the voice of the Bearcats, Kevin Longquist. Please like and subscribe to this podcast and tell a friend. You're also welcome to join us in person every Monday night at 7 from the new Jake's Burgers, 601 FM, 1187 in Alito. And then listen to every Alito Bearcats game, home and away, live on 921 one Hank FM on the free 92.1 Hank FM app or online at 921hankfm.com. The Alito Coaches Show podcast is a production of Real Country, Hank FM.